From the beginning of these meetings that we had here, we have been talking the different, uh, what we call it, delusions, six root delusions, except anger. We also mentioned how that affects, how it will work with the individual. And uh, basically, with, without uh, touching the Bajrayana or Tantra techniques, how to try to make it a positive way, how to do all this, very basically we talked. Now, what does these delusions do? Though we originally already talked at each one of those delusions and how it affects individual. But in basic idea here, we have to mention a little bit what does that do to the individuals. In the Mithriya Buddhas, in the text he had mentioned very clearly, Nyumu Namje Tanjum Simjum Sudimjum Nyamje Nyebe Menshin Sunda Tishi Dumbe Me Soba Minye Tene Shendo Mekum Nesuki Topta Matop Nyambe Yila Dungi Chambutos. What does these delusions do? They destroy you. They destroy the individual, they destroy the mind. And also, it destroys the individual and destroys the individual's uh, mind, and particularly, it destroys the, the morality, the moral conduct of the individual. So, when I say moral conduct, uh, probably you will immediately thinking of some kind of sexual, immoral, or something like that, normal American idea of a moral and a immoral. I don't think here we are talking about that. Here, the moral comes when the individual is free of negative forces, negative thoughts. When you are free of negativity, whether it is action or thought or whatever it is, it is immoral here. It's not necessarily applicable to sexuality, nor it is only applicable to anything. It is basically when you are keeping the positive actions and being pure, then it is immoral here. And when you don't have that, now here, uh, because the basic foundation of uh, talking about the moral is also, basically, in the Buddhist background, when you talk about the moral, you're really talking about uh, not only the, the sexual reality or whatever it is, but you're mostly talking about how much you are protecting yourself from the negativities whether it is the thought, action, or whatever it might be. So that is when the moment when we talk about the moral and the immoral, we're really talking about it, how much broken commitments, the how much vows that individual broke. So these things are the negative. So all these delusions, when it comes up, with the individual. It's going against your own personal 
uh, commitments of uh, being good, a personal commitment of being pure being. Uh, it's a personal commitment of uh, sort of clearing the obstacles from the individual being inside. So it's going against that. That's why it means it destroys the not only the individual and the mind, it also the the moral contact you destroy. So so all the delusions here, and so it is effect like anger, hatred, all these cis root delusions we have mentioned earlier. So the force of the delusions. Of course, it destroys your mind, which we have talked a number of times. And uh, it also destroys uh, yourself, because uh, it sort of diverts the attention of the individual from the positive things that you are building. It diverts you to negative. And then your actions become negative. And that somehow connects and make the negative karmas that you have, individual have, it starts up completely. One of the reasons why we have so number of people will find absolutely difficult to handle when, when you try to do good and try to be positive and try to develop better, somehow, somewhere, without realizing or with realizing, hit you somewhere else and you can't do it. And so somehow you have to pull and do all sorts of funny things. Is actually these delusions somehow encounter and start the, the negative karmas, which is somehow it's sort of inactive. It's almost like invisible, inactive within the individual. All our karma, good and bad, we have a tremendous of them. Basically, it is a sort of inactive. Uh, so any negativity of those delusions come, it activates the original negative karma within the individual. So that's why even the delusions goes, it makes it so difficult to come through. It has a lot of reactions, uh, mental agony, sometimes even physical. And that is the why, because it's a sort of negative karma, which is somehow a sort of sleeping there, it wakes up and connects. So that's why, that is one of the reasons why these negative actions are not good. Not only and not only it starts up, it also makes it more stable instead of getting rid of it. Somehow it made more stable if you negative continuously carry on. Unless you do some kind of purification and try to clear it up, um, which is very, always difficult. But um, if you just leave it on the negative as it is, it makes it much more stable and solid. And then it also constantly brings up continuation of the negativities will also continue. So like that, 
there are a lot of um, problems you encounter with this. I mean, I'll try to introduce you for what are these negative thoughts and actions do to the individual. Basically, it is uh, uh, gives you a lot of trouble in that. And also, it contacts the individual to the negative result. If you believe our reincarnation, it will sort of bring your future bad rebirth. And that is basically, from the, the Buddhist point of view, I mean, that's what it is. So, Shantideva has a very nice verse here. It says, Kedalhata haminam tamjedala dalanga so Shantideva introduced these delusions as enemies. The enemies of the individual who are seeking the liberation, who are seeking a spiritual upliftment, who are seeking uh, close to the enlightenment, they introduce this as enemies. And it is a powerful enemy, and much more powerful than that of any enemies that we can think of it. Shantideva goes on to say, in case, if all the samsara gods and all the human beings on the earth, if it becomes your enemy, what can they do to you? Well, they can harm you, put you, give you a lot of difficulties, but they have no power to drag you down to the lower rims in future. That is Shantideva's idea. They cannot. They can do whatever, and they can punish you to make you suffer physically or little bit mentally. But if you keep mentally clean and clear, and physical pains, what they give you, sometimes may not be that painful. But uh, these negative thoughts and actions, these enemies, not only can harm you in this life, but also drag you to lower rims in future lives. So it is very important and powerful and a strong enemy. The earlier Tibetan teachers say this is a very, very powerful enemy. If it is an ordinary enemy, human beings, in the human level, we can also talk to them and try to make deals with them, try to compromise. Somehow we can make it through. But this one, you cannot. You cannot talk to. You cannot make deals. If you try to make deals with the delusion, you are lost, totally. So no matter how much you try to be good to them, they always be harmful to us. Right? Human beings, if you have a human enemy, no matter how, how bad the person might be, if you try to be 
sort of nice to, to them, one day or the one day or one day they will change their mind or at least get a little softened. That we always know everywhere. But this one does not. This one really comes. And the earlier Tibetan, not only Tibetan teachers, but all the Buddhist teachers from Buddha onwards, everybody say, we constantly have a suffering in the samsara is the nothing but the creation of these delusions. So it is our enemy in the past. At the present, it's not letting us have good and a comfortable and a joyful, relaxed, peaceful state. They don't let us be there. So at the presently, it is harming us. In the future, they will also harm us much more. So therefore, it is the enemy of the past, enemy of the present, and it will be the enemy of the future. So one of the Kadamba Lamas earlier have said, Gishin Bengunje. Bengunje said, I always stand near the door of my enemy. That is the delusion. I will always hold a sharp spear and stand there and wait this enemy to come up. The moment he comes up, I hit. If he relaxes, I relax. If he does not relax, I want to relax. That's the, my way. That's what one of the Kadamalamas said. So we talk about it, awareness. And if you really awareness, if you're interested in awareness, that's where we focus. Awareness of growing those delusions. And awareness of whatever the direct opponent of each and every delusion that different we have. And the title making use at the time when it comes. So that's the basically problem of the delusion as well as how you handle it. Whether it's a negative or positive Whatever it is, if we are talking in the negative sense, the moment negative thought, like, like let's say a language of abuses, like say using of abusive language. Okay, if you are thinking of using abusive language, the thought comes up, and that also creates a, another sort of another karma, karma of using abusive language. And the moment you started saying that language, followed by that thought, you use that abuse language. While you are using that abuse language, you are actually creating a, that karma of using a harsh words or abusive language. And when you use that language, other person, when they get hurt, then you have completed the karma. That is how it really works. I give one example how it works. Like anger, attachment, all of them works that way. When that other person get hurt, you have completed karma. You may satisfy, 
what you said because the other person heard. You mean enjoy it. And then it adds a little more negative karma on that. It becomes a little more stronger and more powerful. Actually, opposite way of rejoicing the negative activity, you did it. Because you enjoy that. Person get hurt. It becomes more stronger. The moment that has become and the imprint of that karma was immediately put on the consciousness. So it goes sleep, almost like it goes to sleep. It's not invisible. Then you carry it around. And whenever another opportunity like this comes up, you rise and you start doing this. It connects the old karma, whatever you left there, adds up more on that or reinforces it. And all that's how it works. That's why it says it harms you in long run. It harms you in future. Directly, it destroys you because you are basically a perfect, wonderful human being which made funny and not necessarily a nice person. Your mind is basically clean, clear, and uh, lucid nature, which also made mushy, moody, terrible. We always give the example of a pure glass of water and all this, if you remember. So, so that's why when it says it destroys yourself, it destroys your mind, and it destroys your future. So if that's not bad, what can be bad? It's not only you as an individual, it does all to everybody. And if you work collectively together, get angry, you create a collective karma. If you do individually, you do the individual karma. It's very funny when you go into the karmic system, it's very hard to know exactly how this is really coming from. Gross way, we can always say, but when you go into a certain I think it's very difficult to figure out how this karma thing works. Everybody can say karma is cause and effect. If you do good, you get good karma. If you do bad, you get bad karma and all this. That everybody can say. But when you sort of go down very carefully in the microscope way, and it's very hard to know. Even Buddha said it is the more difficult to know how karma functions, than that of even knowing, gaining a total wisdom of knowing natural phenomena. It's knowing the karma is much more subtle and more difficult. So that's what the Buddha said. So when you really look into karma, how it functions, it's very difficult. So basically, I would like to mention that much and then when you in, live, when you leave that imprint on that individual, and that is uh, called creation of karma. And what kind of karma do you create? So basically, we can say three different types of karma here: the karma of fortunate, karma of unfortunate, and the karma of uh, unshaking, or you may call it lucky karma, unlucky karma and uh, immovable karma.
But I have to explain it, otherwise you may think, what is it? The, the lucky camels, I'm talking this slightly separate system of that of normally with a good karma, bad karma. Uh, I'm talking slightly different than this. Lucky karma, unlucky karma, and immovable karma. I'm talking within the samsara only. I'm not talking outside the samsara, okay? I'm talking within the samsara. Samsara is a circle of life. Life continuing one after the another without our control. Though we created karma, but it becomes uncontrollable when it's a function. You lose the control, karma will take over the control. When the karmic power is gone down, you gain the control, another karma will take over, but you will keep on making it. So that's how really it works according to the Buddhist teaching. So if you are looking within that, then you have the fortunate karma, unfortunate karma, and immovable karma. Basically three. What does the fortunate karma do? If we try to be focused, clean, and pure, and you know, meditating, helping others, and all of those, generosity, try to keep good moral content, be patient on all of this, will create, every act will create a fortunate karma. The result of the fortunate karma now, this is the totally I'm talking with the reincarnation, keeping in the reincarnation in mind. So the result of those fortunate commas will give you a good future life. Result of those unfortunate commas will give you negative, lowering, suffering life. The immovable commas. When you talk about good life, we're including the female life and the samsara God's life, and above that, God would form. And we're talking about that level. And why it is called fortunate? Because the results are good, and so it's a fortunate one. The below that, they're like the hungry ghosts, the animals, and the heroines are the, the result of unfortunate kind. So immovable commas are the formless, above the form, samsara gods, the formless ones, formless ones. Basically, in the Buddhist, now this is funny, I don't know why, but you know, sort of, the, you can put one top of the another. For the lowest level of the beings that they consider the, the hell rim, there's a hot and a cold hell. Buddhism has hell too. But it's not a permanent, it is impermanent. People go there, comes out, and then stay there forever. Sometimes it goes so short a period, so short period, and sometimes it's like the, the bouncing of the balls. Like there is one great teacher called Ralothawa. Ralothawa is a very powerful one, very powerful Bajrayana tantric teacher, very powerful one. So for a purpose of good reason, for good cause, Ramotha uh, actually sort of almost uh, through his uh, power, he had these uh, competitions. And through the competitions, within the competition, 
purposely he destroyed about 13 great bodhisattvas. Uh, one is the son of the marble lord, the founder of the Kagyu, or Kama, or Marba. Marba is the founder of all Kagyus, all the Kagyus, all bodhi, all the four big ones and four small ones, all Kagyus are founded by Marba. So the son of the Marba was the, the Tharmandode. Even Tharmandode had a, such a, a great practice, which is, which so somehow you can transfer your soul from the individual, the consciousness, take it away from your own body and get into the another person's body and be, go around and act and function like the other person. So Ralozawa noticed that and he said, this is dangerous. In the future, it's going to make a lot of harm to a lot of people. So I must stop this. So he gave warnings to the Marba and his son, and they will refuse to obey his warning at all. As a matter of fact, Milareba was there to attend the Marba's son. Milareba is a disciple of Marba. So Ralodava said, look, I have to destroy you if you keep on. If you do not stop this, I have to destroy you. Um, so Marba is also great, and uh, Thamandode is also known for the great. So they said, go ahead, and go ahead. And Ralodava said, okay, 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 okay. They said, go ahead. But Marba made a rule to his son, he said, you have to be in the retreat, retreat, very, very strict retreat, you can't go anywhere else. So well, Mahapa, the Dhammandode, is sitting there, and he sort of saw so many people going somewhere, even a very, very old people who can't even walk, so old, but two or three people, so pushing them around and walking with the sticks. And they keep on asking, why you people are going? He said, oh, there's a great festival going somewhere around another village. And it happens uh, once in a hundred years or something. And if I don't go today, and uh, then I will never see it. And so even I'm in the, the deathbed, even then I have to get up and go and see. So Thamandadi keep on thinking, I'm young and um, active and my father is well known, and I myself is known, and young, youthful. If I don't go see this, well, why am I sticking here? Why should I worry about little warnings here and there? So he decided to go. So without the knowledge of his father, the Marva, so he asked the mother, Mom said, okay, go, but take Milareva with you, so that there's a warning you remember. So she thought Milareva can help. So at, the, at that night, actually, Marva had a funny dream. Dream saying that a very powerful, wrathful guy came and said, and said, look, I had to take your smaller heart. And I have to forcibly take it, can't help it. And Marva doesn't know why. And when he wake up, then he started checking, is he okay? So by that time, he's already gone. So. <laughs> He's gone for that festival. And um, so, welcoming back, something happened with the horse. Miller was taking the horse down. There was something wrong, the horse started jumping. 
and he been thrown off the horse and died. The Ralosa were took care of, although no dead bodies available within the seven days of the journey everywhere. Nobody died during that period. So the, the Ralosa power, he hold them there because they have this particular product which can get into the, any dead body. So it comes up. So they were making sure there's no dead body at all around within the seven days. So the mother finally said, okay, you take my life, push me out, and you use my body. So he won't. So finally, finally, they found a little pigeon. So Ralozawa did things like that. So Ralo said, he said, he's very proud, he said, he said, including Dharmandodi, the son of the Marwa. I destroyed 13 bodhisattvas. I will not go to the hell room. It is my special method. That's what Ralodava is very boasting. So then the question rises later, what happened? And the teaching tradition will say, Ralodava went into hell room, bounced down and bounced up. Just like that of, you know, this soccer ball, if you throw it down, touch the ground and bounce it up, like that. So it is not a permanent, it is a totally impermanent. Sometimes it can be a second or so, but you do go. That's what it is.